Hey guys, this is Liz Cambay. This is Nikki Collin. What up, guys? It's Essence Carson. Hey, this is Imani Lee Stafford. Hey, this is Jordan Canada. This is Asia Wilson. Welcome to the WNBA Nation. What's up, WNBA Nation? Wow, we have so much to talk about tonight over the last three games, and we have to apologize for fibbing to you. But before we do, to help me in this journey tonight, I've got my good friend, as always, Logan Jones. How are we doing, Logan? I'm doing good, Kyle. I, uh, I watched a lot of basketball today. It's a good yeah. day. And, and told no fibs. I'll, I'll have no fibs. <laughs> today. <laughs> so I think our last episode, we talked about that we were going to have a, an episode out Wednesday nights, what like slash Thursday mornings. And here it is. It's Thursday and we're recording. But just so everybody knows, we'll st- we're still planning on doing a, the Wednesday night thing. I wasn't feeling very well um, and actually passed out while the fever and the sparks were still playing. So I was out and then like had to sleep in a little bit this morning. I'm feeling much better, but uh, yeah, was, wasn't feeling great last night and I'm, but I'm feeling awesome now and watched a ton of basketball just like Logan. So uh, if you were anticipating an episode last night slash this, uh, I got, or whatever, when are you, when, I don't know when you're listening to this, uh, 24 hours before <laughs> that uh, that's why, but uh, Logan, uh hey a little a little bit of personal news you're gonna be you're shifting you're shifting jobs yeah right? i'm gonna start being awake during the daytime uh, hey, sweet. being a productive member of society uh, that's overrated and uh seeing how quickly at my awesome new job i can sort of inch in that sort of flexibility like hey is it cool if i have this game on just on my phone like i'm still doing stuff but just like it's up on my phone you know, a, you know, usually you got to be somewhere a couple months before you get that kind of leeway, but I'll, I'll see how quickly I can work. It you in might miss the team. first half of the first games on, on certain days. Well, to be honest, we're going to be remote for several months anyway. Uh, oh, there you go. So you're I probably go get, you're probably good to get through the season. You know, they're going to, they're going to check my background and they won't find any crimes, but uh, they will find that I have been known to turn on the Masters and March Madness uh, on my second computer screen at my old job. So. <laughs> I love it. Well, congrats. Uh, super stoked for you. Uh, you're actually going to be uh, spending more time closer to me. And, uh, yeah. you know, we'll be working pretty close to each other, which is yeah, awesome. Maybe, maybe we'll, uh, we'll get some Mortys and we'll do local podcasting every once in a while. Hey, we might actually see each other face-to-face on a semi-regular basis. That would be something. Be, that, I would like that. You know how infrequently we hosts actually see each other in person? <laughs> like, it's not... We talk every single day, at least in our chat, and a lot of times, you know, on mic and things like that. We talk a lot, but it's it's not often that we spend a lot of time in person. <laughs> we're, we're so in touch, though, that I honestly... I, I feel badly... Like truly feel badly for for people that are going a little stir crazy during uh during quarantine measures. Yeah, I feel like between you guys and my family thread, uh, I I talk to people all the time. Yeah, uh, 
it's just from the basement in my house <laughs> i feel you i appreciate adult conversation like speaking to another person that's you know like older than five um you know i i get to chat with with uh with clyde with my wife a lot but outside of her it's nice to talk to like other adults <laughs> because a lot of the conversations that i i uh, enjoy all day are with my two-year-old and my five-year-old which no complaints there but it is nice to to speak to other adult humans. It's Kyle, nice. This is, a, this is a safe place. If you want to say that you hate your kids. <laughs> wow. <laughs> guy here. Yeah. Um, dude. So today let's, let's just, we were debating uh, beforehand, like, well, should we start with the games that were on Tuesday, then move to Wednesday, then talk Thursday's games. But um, Logan, there's no way that I want to wait that long into the podcast before we talk about the, what has happened tonight i feel like tonight is as you put it earlier kind of the the uh what is it the above the above the what is it in in a newspaper above the crease above the fold fold. there i couldn't think of fold yeah the above the fold headlines um a lot of them uh happened in the last several hours so let's just hop right into it logan um can we talk about how phoenix has four straight wins and how they just knocked off uh, a top dog Chicago sky team by 10. And it honestly didn't feel that close. Yeah. Uh, they must listen to the podcast, right? Uh, Cause we were, we were kind of down on, uh, on the Phoenix. And actually, even after they, they kind of squeaked out a win against Atlanta, which we said on the last podcast was going to be, you know, sirens and warning, warning signs if they weren't able to get that game. Uh, then they get a convincing win against Chicago after Chicago made a pretty good effort in the third and fourth quarter to to make a game of it. Um, they, you know, you you saw Vandersloot three go down to pull a game within a bucket, and you thought, here we go, like this is Chicago's game plan mm-hmm. uh, all all year. And then Phoenix uh, Phoenix is a bully, and they know how to clamp down defensively when they need to. Uh, they did get off to a really hot start, but uh, Chicago came charging back and. Is a well-fought second half, and uh, I, I am a little surprised. Not a lot surprised. Phoenix is a good team, and they've always been a good team, and they will. It feels like eternally be a good team, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I am a little surprised because I thought Chicago was rolling, and now it's it's actually Phoenix with the hot hand right now. Yeah, you know, Phoenix after starting off zero and two, they're now four and two. They're in third place technically in the standings, tied with Chicago for third place, and. Honestly, Phoenix just looked really, really solid tonight. And it wasn't, I mean, it was their big three, which is what you need. If you're Phoenix, you need your big three to perform. But it's nice to have a fourth player step up. And I think we've seen that come from a, a few different uh, places this, um, this, this season. Uh, but tonight, it happened to be Shatori Walker, Shatori Walker Kimbrough, who stepped up with 17 points. Uh, she had a plus minus of 19 off the bench. That's uh, a plus minus isn't my favorite stat, but if you're coming off the bench and you're plus 19, that says something like bench players. A lot of times don't get that. Don't get great plus minus. Um, but that, that impressed me quite a bit. Um, uh, Griner and DT with 22 apiece, sky dig with 17. Um, the team as a whole shot 52 and a half percent. And even better, 52.6 technically from the three. 
just a great shooting performance overall from the yeah. from the Merc. Um, but I mean, Chicago Chicago didn't look bad. I'm making this sound like Phoenix just you know ran roughshod over over Chicago. They didn't look bad. They had a slow start um, and just didn't put enough together to make it really interesting late. Yeah, I for for those unfamiliar, the plus minus stat is but the team score while that player specifically is on the floor. Um, so a, a plus 17 is, or, or what is it? A plus, plus 19. 19. Yeah. She had plus, plus 19, 19, meaning while she was on the floor, Phoenix outscored Chicago by 19 points. Right. And, and as you said, it's not my favorite stat in the world, but I, I tend to think that the more extreme it is, the more telling it is uh, right. in either direction. Uh, so for instance, if, if you've been keeping track of Vandersloot's plus minus all year long, um, I think she's only had one minus game. It's the one game that they lost. Um, mm. And then even even tonight, even in games where um, Chicago is struggling, she just finds a way to be a like positive. She, while she's on the floor, it seems like positive outcomes are happening. Um, and so they're, the team generally outscores her opponent while she's on the floor. So it's just something that's fun to keep an eye on. Uh, the, uh, the loser of that award tonight is Gabby Williams for Chicago, who's a mm. minus team. Uh, wasn't really able to get her shot going much. She took 10. She only made three. Uh, 0 for 5 from uh, beyond the arc, which really, when you're on a team with a lot of good three-point shooters, it, it really hurts to have some of those touches going to, to someone with kind of a cold shooting night. Right. Um, but not I, 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 there's not any one player I'd point to on Chicago and be like, oh, you know, they lost the game here. Like, they lost by 10 because Phoenix plays good defense. Uh, they got off to a hot start against a team they knew was good. And there's if there's anything more consistent than Chicago finishing close games this year, it's trusting Phoenix to have the attitude when they play the good teams. <laughs> yes. You know, like they always play. And, and I don't mean like a, like, Oh, they're, they got a spunk when they play good teams. I mean, like they play ferocious when they play against good teams because they want to be the team to beat every year. No, it's true. Phoenix, Phoenix plays like, they're the number one team every year. Like, and I'm not talking, I mean their attitude. Like their attitude is we're the number one team and you got to knock us off. And I think, obviously, I think a lot of that comes from Tarasi. I think that's, that's kind yeah. of a, a trickle down effect from Tarasi. That's just who she is, um, is I'm the best and you got to prove that you can stay on the court with me. Um, and I think that that's just, that's just kind of how it goes. Um, but uh, yeah, solid game from Phoenix. You know they've they've played uh, a couple good, uh, you know, a couple good games lately. Really impressive. You know they also took care of a business against Atlanta. We'll mention that a little bit later. But other games that that happened today, Connecticut got a W. Finally, the Sun get their first victory uh, in 2020. It's been a hot minute since we've seen a W come from the sun but hey here it was and honestly whoo that first quarter I, I don't i didn't catch it exactly was it like a was it a 15 and 0 first quarter that's when i took a break and like ate dinner with my daughter like yeah it, <laughs> so i didn't catch the up, first quarter but it ended up being 23 to 8 um and then dallas basically played him even the rest of the game they also fell behind some more in the third quarter but it was a pretty normal game after that, but once mm-hmm. once Connecticut was up double digits, they never looked back. Uh, right. And, you know, Dallas isn't really a team that's solidified yet, so they're certainly not built to come from behind and shoot their way out of a hole. Um, right. But good, good for Kurt. 
Uh, good for Coach Miller getting the W on the board. If if there's a team outside of Phoenix that I would expect to dig themselves out of an early hole, uh, even though the Connecticut Sun hole is fairly deep already with only 20 games on the schedule this year, uh, it, it's Kurt Miller's Sun team. Right. I could see that happening. Um, it I, I guess it sort of depends on what their schedule is ahead, but um, well, I, and I do think I, that with I January coming all, back, I think will be a big you know part of yeah. that. I think that yeah, she's going to carry a lot as well. Team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they do. Their next three games are uh, Chicago, Atlanta, and Dallas. Uh, so a really tough matchup against Chicago, and then a, a sneaky tough matchup against Atlanta. As we were again, we'll Atlanta. we'll talk about Atlanta here in just a minute. Uh, Dallas. <laughs> I, mean, I could see him getting two of those three, but that might not be enough uh, to to climb out of this early hole that they're in. That's a tough. That's tough. Yeah, they they definitely did not do themselves any favors at the beginning of this of this season, but they looked pretty good tonight. They looked pretty dominant. So if they can ride that wave in into some you know into a three or four game winning streak, all of a sudden they're near five hundred, and you know, and and I think that it's a they they've breathed new life into their into their season. Um, I want some that was interesting as I was watching Dallas. There was a lot of players on the court. They played all 11 from their roster, got on the court. Um, the player who got the least amount of time was Katie Lou Samuelson, you know, only played just over three minutes. But everybody else, like, everybody was five-plus minutes at least, and it was just it was really interesting to see so many players get on the court for Dallas. Um, and really not a lot of effectiveness outside of Arike. Um, Agumbawale is basically, it feels like she's kind of carrying Dallas on her own shoulders and has been, you know, almost the whole season. There's been some other solid games, um, from others, you know, here and there. Um, but man, like Agumbawale's, it, she's just everywhere. You know, she's leading the team in points. She's, uh, she's usually up there in rebounds and assists as well, you know, and, uh, I think she's really impressive. Uh, it, it was kind of sad to see, you know, Sabali with a really rough game, um, you know, six points, four turnovers, and only a, only one rebound. Like that's a that's a rough game um, from who? Uh, yeah, who some people <clears throat> me uh, had picked as the rookie of the year. So um, yeah, yeah, a, a fairly good game from from rookie Ty Harris, four of seven for ten points on the day. Uh, but overall, when when you do what Dallas is doing this season, which is a complete rebuild, uh, right. Dallas and New York uh, this year are doing rebuilds unlike anything that, that we usually see in sports, like a complete, uh, a near complete cleaning of the house in Dallas where Rike is the only, uh, only really veteran player standing uh, as shown by her 37 minutes played tonight. And then a complete rebuild in New York. When, when people tweet and talk about growing pains and they're young and chemistry isn't there yet, this is exactly the type of game they're talking about. Yep. Um, you know, you're, you're trying different rotations to see who's going to play the best with Enrique. Players that normally you want to lean on, like Satu Savali, just aren't having a good night. Um, it, it doesn't tell me – it doesn't concern me anything about the future of, of this Wings club. I still think it's a really exciting and fun team to watch. Uh, but you have to have a long-term view on it. There's going to be a lot of games like this for them this season. 
No, I agree. And uh, this is kind of what we expected from the beginning. I think they surprised a lot of team, a lot of people, you know, jumping out to two and two. And, uh, but I think that this is kind of the Dallas that a lot of people kind of expected. Um, we'll see if they could, if they could end up, you know, being like an eight seed in the playoffs, I think that is an extreme, uh, you know, great achievement for this team. Um, oh, so we'll, we'll just see, but I like what I'm seeing from a lot of their players. Um, Alicia gray, I think even though she had a rough, rough time tonight, I think that she's got a lot to offer just trying to figure it out. Ty Harris. I, I like what I've seen from her. Um, Izzy Harrison, as always, I actually, I, I do enjoy her. Savali had a rough night tonight, but she's had better games, you know, other nights. And um, I, man, anytime that you're going up against, uh, you know, you're going up against uh, Alyssa Thomas and Brianna Jones and Dewana Bonner the, are the bigs on the other team. That's, that's going to be a rough night for a lot of people. So <laughs> there, there was just not, if you watch this game, there was just not a lot of movement and, and yeah, like there, the ball movement for Dallas was bad. They weren't in a rhythm. They didn't get to the foul line. Uh, they only, they finished with just 13 assists on the day, which is a little easier if you're not hitting any shots, I guess, but it's still kind of staggeringly low. Um, it just a, just a rough, rough night at the office for Dallas, but I, I don't yeah. expect that to be, I don't know. They scored eight points in the first quarter, you know, like yeah, not every game is going to be like this, but there, yeah. there will be some growing pains as that group learns to to come together and honestly solidify the starting five, which I don't think is. Yeah. I, don't, I think that's pretty fluid at this point. Yeah, yeah. I, I think if you're playing 11 deep, what it means is that it's a competitive locker room and there's not a lot of practice time in between these games. So it's just game by game. Who's impressing enough to get the playing time. Absolutely. How can, how much of a Connecticut stat line is this? The leading scorer with 17, then you got 15, 14, and 14. Like that's, yeah. <laughs> that's just, that's so Connecticut. They never have one player that just goes off and like dominates a game. It's they will beat you with four people. They'll beat you with five players and there's nothing you can do. Like, and that's just, that's just how it is. <laughs> Every player who played in this game for Connecticut scored a bucket, including Beatrice Montpremier, who only played three and a half minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, yeah. It just was, it, it was, it was rough uh, for Dallas and just a really solid game by Connecticut. And I hope they can build from it. Um, Dewana Bonner only had eight points. She's yeah. still the number one leading scorer in the league <laughs> and she had eight points and you got, and they thrashed Dallas, thrashed Dallas by 23 points. And yeah, just and Bonner uh, only had eight. <laughs> just in case anyone is wondering, uh, I I threw up a poll that then uh, our our WNBA Nation Pod Twitter account retweeted, uh, asking what the biggest surprise of the season this year had been so far. Uh, half of you answered that the Connecticut Sun were zero and four. Um, so more surprising than uh, Heinz Allen's emergence. More surprising than Kalia Copper and the Chicago Sky being three and one. What was the other one? More surprising than the Misty. Uh, that was the Heinz Allen one. I don't remember. But the, all the other ones got middling votes, and then overwhelmingly the uh, the majority was that, you know, whoa, like the Sun Squad, even, you know, despite missing a lot of a lot of talent, uh, just we didn't expect them to be 0-4. So uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on them. I'm interested to see how, you know, Chicago's going to be trying to bounce back from the Phoenix loss. Connecticut's going to be trying to 
use this as a tune-up game and and get <laughs> basically get on the right track and stay there for a little <laughs> while. That'll yeah. be one to watch uh, in a couple of days when you know by the time this comes out, it'll probably be about a day away. That'll be a good game. Um, let's talk about the game that everybody's been talking about tonight: Seattle and Atlanta, a ninety-three to ninety-two victory for the Storm. Um, but there was a few storylines through this, and probably. Uh, none of them bigger than actually on Atlanta. Uh, Kennedy Carter dropping 35 points uh, and seven assists. Really, really solid game uh, from Kennedy, from Hollywood, uh, for Atlanta. Um, and what's crazy to me is that as, as, in, as great of a game as she had, and, you know, uh, she wasn't the only one, you know, Williams chipped in uh, 13 and Laney chipped in 20. Like it wasn't just her, but like they had a re- pretty solid game overall. Um, and Seattle just taking care of business. Seattle just being Seattle and finding a way to win uh, because they're looking like the best team um, in women's hoops right now. Um, so Logan, give me your thoughts. What are your what were your thoughts as, as this game kind of unfolded and as we saw, you know, Seattle's performance in, in Atlanta, especially Kennedy's uh, performance in this game? I could have sworn that the Seattle Storm won this game. <laughs> I, I swear, I was like, well, they have the most points. Uh, but if you went just by the chatter, you you wouldn't know it. And I'll you thought I'll say, everybody was acting like Carter hit like a game winner, and the Atlanta right. was, that was yeah. that was the energy tonight on social media. It was like oh, like she's putting on a show. And then I looked at the score, and I was like, uh, I mean, they're down five late, and then you know they did close that gap and make it a game. And I I am not going out of my way to be a Kennedy Carter hater. I she is blossoming in Atlanta. I didn't think it was going to be the best fit for her, but she has proven that wrong already. Here's my problem with it. We've talked to coach Nikki Collin on this show before, and we, we know, you know, I feel like we're pretty familiar with how she views basketball and her attitudes on things. I don't think she went back to the locker room and was like, Hey guys, we had like super cool night. Kennedy Carter went for a bunch of points. Atlanta's <laughs> awesome. Because I'm guessing coach Nikki Collin was pissed off. They didn't win the damn game. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'd agree with you. But it was weird because even like the energy in the like on the court kind of after the game you kind of saw the players and Atlanta was smiling and Seattle was like you know straight faced and serious it felt like that was weird to me you know that yeah they 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 lost but I don't know again I'm not one for moral victories um I'm not either and I'm that's why I I'm not anti-fun yeah to a point I know you're waiting to make. I don't even know if Kennedy Carter had the best game of any player on the floor that night. I, I <laughs> Seattle player did. Uh, Bree Stewart with 27 and 8 and didn't get a mention. Nobody <laughs> mentioned her. She dropped 27 and 8, had three assists. And here's the thing. She only had two turnovers. She also had two blocks. She played a great game. Now, Kennedy played an awesome game too, 35. and I'm not taking anything away from that. But she had six turnovers and five fouls. Like, you know, like it wasn't – it wasn't perfect. Again, Kennedy right now I think is front runner for rookie of the year. Like, again, not taking anything away. But here's the thing. Bree Stewart, 27-8, and eight, three assists, two blocks, you know, 35 minutes, shooting 50% from the floor, 
um, leading her team and got the W. She's playing. Yeah. That's a, she's an MVP. I can't believe you this know. Has she- to be said. <laughs> but being the best player in basketball is more important than being the best rookie through six games. True. That's that's the point I would like to make. I I hope Kennedy Carter continues this for a long and illustrious career. I hope she wins a championship for Atlanta. We love Nikki Collin. We love that group. It's super fun that they're like a dangerous, you know, maybe they're the team that's going to snag that eight seed of those kind of like bottom four or five teams that we talk about a lot. And I think that'd be really fun to see Atlanta in a playoff series against you know a veteran group like Seattle. But honestly, guys, Seattle took care of business. They got the W. Atlanta pushed them at the end to make make them work for it, but ultimately, it still feels like it's a, a just a romp for Seattle towards the finals. And Atlanta's still got to figure some things out because even with Kennedy Carter going off for all those numbers, they didn't get the W. Yeah, and I know every player on that team would rather you know have an awful night and help their team win somehow than go you know eleven of seventeen and fall short. So I, I just was while you were making that point, I was curious. So I, I went on to the homepage WNBA, um, and I wanted to just look at who's the regular season leaders right now. Okay, so Dewana Bonner is uh, is the points leader right now with twenty point five points per game. Okay, twenty point five points per game. Number two is Kennedy Carter with twenty point three. Bree Stewart is third with twenty point two. Okay, so the one, two, and three are separated by a total of 0.3 points per game. And two of them that we, we've, you know, were featured tonight, Kennedy and Bree. And then I went over to rebounds. Bree Stewart's top, uh, she's number seven in the league with rebounds. Okay, that's really impressive. That's really solid. Because um, she doesn't play a super inside game. And for her to get that many boards while playing a lot of perimeter is really impressive. Assists, Kennedy Carter is sixth. So, like, again, don't take the, we're not taking anything away from Kennedy. I'm amped. In fact, if you check a few episodes back, um, I, I don't know what we called it. It wasn't my official prediction, but Logan and I were talking. Uh, I think, Logan, you asked, you said, hey, if, if uh, UNESCO doesn't win Rookie of the Year, who's your dark horse for upsetting her? And I said, Kennedy Carter. I said, uh, like, she's kind of my dark horse. I think that not a lot of people are, you know, I think a lot of people would be surprised by her. Um, now, my official prediction was Sabali, <laughs> and she struggled tonight. But, uh, but oh, yeah, like, she's, Kennedy Carter's playing really solid. Unfortunately, right now, Atlanta's two and four. You know, they're, they're, not, they're not winning a lot of games. They've got the same record as the Wings. They're actually behind Indiana right now by half a game. Um, so, yeah, they've got some stuff to figure out. Um, again, I'm not one for moral victories. It is a little promising to say, hey, we came out, we lost to the best team by a point, meaning, hey, we can play with anybody. So if I'm Nikki Collin, I'm not happy with the, with the L, but I'm going to take it as a building block and say, List, like, look, you can play with anybody. One or two bounces and that game goes the other way. And I, and I try and build off that. I, I think is that they can go into every game now feeling like we can play to win and, they, and we don't have to be scared of anybody. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it would have been established better if they were able to pull it off tonight. But I think they know, like, we're ahead of schedule. And I will say – if you were to ask me who the most impressive player this season has been in relation to my expectations of them before the season, 
I think Kennedy Carter's up there. She's probably one of the top three with Heinz Allen and, and a, a handful of others, maybe Copper. Yeah, Bria Hartley, yeah, Copper. There's, yeah, there's, if you yeah. ask me to name you know, the five or six best players so far this year, I don't think she makes that list. I think it's Bree Stewart and Asia Wilson and Sylvia Fowles and Dewana Bonner. And, you know, I, I, I don't think she's there yet. And it's, it's good that we're having that discussion of she's not there yet because she's a rookie in her seventh game. Yeah, yeah. That's a positive thing. But I don't, I don't want people getting ahead of themselves and declaring her a part of this club, you know, before she actually starts winning some games. I'll say this. If you flipped the script and, and you had Carter with 25 instead of 35, but they got the W, I'm almost more impressed. Oh, 100%. does that make sense? Yeah. And again, it's hard to say that because Atlanta as a whole top to bottom is not the same team as Seattle. So yeah, like it's hard to say. (laughs) I feel such anger coming from Twitter fans about this take, but it's such an old grumpy man take. But (laughs) if you don't win the game, then you lose the game. Like, I, I don't know how else to put it. Like, the the years and years of Carmelo Anthony winning scoring titles and not getting the Knicks anywhere in the playoffs, like, for some people, it's like, he's one of the greatest scorers ever. And for others, it's like, but what does it matter? You know, that argument is one that happens all the time. Um, and it's way too early to be having it over a rookie who's only played for two weeks. So, like, she's going to be fine. She's doing great. But, yeah. I, I think it's crazy that the talk of the the night was not that, uh, Seattle played a tough game and Bree Stewart looks to be healthy and back to her MVP caliber play. Um, it was just that people saw point totals and their eyes got kind of big. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Let's, let's go back a little bit, which it's crazy because of how much basketball we watched tonight. It feels like these games were forever ago, but we got a few games uh, from last night. I just, I really quick, like seriously, like one take, Fever, Sparks, what are you taking away from this game? Uh, that the Fever are probably going to lose their next three games. Uh, <laughs> it's, I know every time I say something like that, I can hear Steve yelling at me. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not trying to be a hater, but I really had hope that um, the Fever could maybe catch the Sparks off balance a little bit. Uh, and instead, it looks like the Sparks kind of corrected things. And now I'm looking at the Fever schedule over the next couple of days, and it's it's pretty grim Mm -hmm. uh and it it it's let's see fever versus minnesota fever versus mystics fever versus aces tough (laughs) i mean that's that is a tough stretch so if if they want to compete for like we keep saying there's there's about five teams that all want that eight seed um and to to avoid missing the playoffs even though they're young and they're they're not quite you know they know that they're not top tier teams yet uh, I think the Fever are one of them, and and they got to quickly get their uh, their best players back and healthy, uh, because that you know that stretch is then followed up by you know a game against the Liberty and uh, a second against the Sparks, and maybe you know I don't necessarily know what we're getting from the Sun every night yet. So there's they're not out of the race yet uh, for snagging a playoff spot, but they got to fix stuff in a hurry because I I do think that the Sparks are probably closer to the team we saw on opening night than they are the team we saw get blasted a a few nights later. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) here's my take with Indiana. We, we started out by saying like, Oh, Indiana, like none of them have any players sitting out of the bubble. Right. When we were talking preseason, we're like, Oh, like these guys have, have it all together. 
Since then, Achamwa has only played three games. Erica Wheeler still has yet to make the trip down to the bubble. Yeah. Um, Vivian's sat out tonight, wasn't, wasn't playing tonight. So those three, right? Like those three are three big names for Indiana. And then you've got Lauren Cox who missed the first, what, five games of the season and, and finally got in, uh, or no, excuse me, missed the first four games, got in for just a few minutes uh, against the Sparks. Obviously, <laughs> when you're thrown into uh, your first WNBA game and you look over and there's Neko, Guma King, Candace Parker, like, eh. That's tough, right? Like <laughs> that's a tough no, call for anybody. It gets better from there. I I agree. I think you know taking last year's All Star Game MVP off the roster and not letting their rookie Lauren Cox get a couple games to get her feet under her before facing LA. Um, this this isn't a team equipped to handle that sort of yeah. thing. No, it's not. That's hurting them a lot. Exactly. And so I I think I think Indiana has that potential there. I don't know if we'll get to see it because right now it's, you know, it's just not coming together right now. I think Dupree's playing early solid season. Kelsey Mitchell's playing a good season. McCowan's still trying to figure it out. I think that she was catching fire at the end of last year and still just isn't, she hasn't got back to that same form. Um, I, they have the potential there. It's all there. It's just, it's not getting put together. They're still, they've got a brand new coach still. Again, not trying to make a lot of excuses, but I, I think Indiana could be a lot better than they are. I don't know if they will be, but they could be. This, so. this is something I've, I've come to believe in every sport more strongly every year I watch basketball. And that's the, the best indicator of what teams are good is player health. If, if your roster is healthy, it's the number one sign I would point to to say this team's going to be tough to beat. Yeah, uh, above above talent, above anything, because availability. Um, and if you know, if you drop Erica Wheeler in between Dupree and Mitchell, suddenly this team is scoring you know fifteen to twenty points more a night. Yep, uh, and that's probably enough to win a lot of these games. So, yeah, just just not having uh, Wheeler there, um, and that yeah, not it's not always injury, but you get what I'm saying. Like the availability of your best players is the most important thing you can have. So the, this next game I want to chat about, Las Vegas and Washington. All right. So I, these two teams are kind of battling like tough, right? In that not top tier, but like just below, like there's like the Seattle tier and then there's the tier, the next tier, and that's Las Vegas and Washington, right? So far this season. And they went to battle uh, Las Vegas taking care of business um, and, and coming out with the W, 83 to 77. Uh impressive i thought uh to see that from from uh las vegas especially as hot as the mystics had been playing um what are your thoughts on this game logan this game was freaking rad i (laughs) (laughs) this was an awesome game uh yeah washington came in hot vegas came in somehow no one's talking about them i feel like cam beige decided to sit out the season and they were like they had Everybody, everybody just was like oh they're not winning yeah. Yeah. Like even if they weren't written <laughs> off, they, they haven't really been counted among like the teams really contending this year, even though Asia Wilson is still doing her thing and Angel McCautry has been doing her thing and uh, Carolyn Swords doing her thing, playing 12 minutes in that game. Um, McBucket's still doing it. Like it's, it's a great roster. We talk about it all the time. We love the Aces and they, you know, even in this show, they're getting like the fourth or fifth billing 
Um, but every time I look them over, I think I, you know, I wouldn't bet against them in a series against basically anyone but Seattle. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, I think beating the Mystics proves that. That's a, I think Washington's established themselves as a good, uh, a good strong opponent. I think that's a good win for Vegas. Um, I was particularly, I, I was surprised that Emma Meesman took so many shots in this game is, is my, if I was to take one singular takeaway, um, you know, Heinz Allen had been playing lights out. And then again, in this game was playing great. Uh, and I, I'm surprised that they didn't go to her more late. Um, mm. Washington led this game by two at halftime. Uh, they were up one down one. They were down one going into the fourth quarter. Um, when it's crunch time, I think you go to your big who's been having one of the best seasons of anybody in the league and finished the night seven of 11 uh, with 10 rebounds. So I, I think that's the player you need to, to feature uh, when things get tough and when things come down to, it. I know they've got shooters like Leilani Mitchell and, and Miesman is a, a capable shooter as well, but I was surprised that they didn't go big uh, and, and feature Heinz Allen in crunch time more. Um, what are what are your, what are your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I, I was, I was kind of impressed to see that Miesman finally seemed to be getting a lot more touches. Uh, I think that, that Las Vegas kind of realized that, hey, Miesemann wasn't really doing the damage in the other uh, victories uh, that Washington was getting. And so I think, you know, keying up on like uh, Ariel Powers and Ariel Atkins and, and some of these, these other players that have done so much damage, damage against other teams, I think, you know, that, that's a good move. That's a good move by, by Las Vegas and by, by Coach Bill Ambeer. Like, that's solid. Um, for me, my big takeaway from this is you already kind of brought it up was that everybody said, Oh, Cam Beige isn't there and Plum's hurt Las Vegas. They're not doing anything this year. I still think Asia Wilson, if there's like a, if, if there's a one a and a one B for MVP race right now, I think it's, it's Bree Stewart and Asia Wilson. And I'll be honest, I'm not positive which one is one a and which one's one B. I think they're, they're pretty close. I think they're right there. Um, and they, they brought in Angel McCautry, who's a great scorer, uh, who likes to get to the free throw line. Uh, you've got McBucket still. Uh, and D-Rob actually in this game came off the bench and dropped uh, dropped 20 against Washington. Yeah. And we love D-Rob. In this, in this, <laughs> this pocket, D-Rob was actually a huge part in actually – this show even existing so we are huge fans of daniel robinson like Actually, so, is, uh, so is carolyn swords they're that's both. true carolyn swords is as well um and neither one of them was playing for las vegas at the time for daniel robinson no matter what team she plays for yeah exactly um we uh but i mean las vegas still has a lot of of weapons um you know jackie young is still struggling she was the number one draft pick last year she's still struggling um, but I think, you know, we might see something like a, a Kelsey Plum resurgence from her at some point. They've got probably, in my opinion, the leading sixth woman of the year right now in Hamby. Um, like they're, they're a good team. They're a really good team and, and nobody's, nobody's giving them, nobody's giving them their, their shots. So it is interesting to see the, the tiers kind of develop, um, and see who we feel like, well, that, they're they shouldn't be in this tier and this team you know wow they're a surprise or wow like connecticut right like who thought they'd be you know last place so 
Um, yeah, it's just, it's really interesting. I know, Logan, you were talking about this before, right? About like who, who like your top teams are in the league. Yeah. yeah so I'm, do- I'm curious, like, what, what are your, who are your top teams? I, let's, let's do this. I, I talked to you about, uh, we, we should pick a top three because I think everybody's got a favorite one or two, but, but three gets. <laughs> And in order, I think my one, two, three are Seattle, Chicago, Las Vegas. Okay. Uh, and, and this is actually a really good example of why. I think you can argue, you know, eight different teams, nine different teams can be top three teams. You can argue lots of teams. My argument for the Aces being in that spot is when they go up against a good team like the Mystics, I think, I think the Mystics got out coached in this game because the Mystics are a crazy talented group. I think they match up well against the Aces but they fell in love with the three and went eight of 26 and didn't do much work at the foul line at all. They didn't drive the best, the, the bucket at all. They didn't get physical in the lane and the aces basically took the opposite approach, which is something we've seen a lot from them this year. I don't know if Lambeer's like put a, a gag order on all three point attempts, but uh, only, only 10 shots from the arc for, for Vegas in this game, but they got to the line. They, they took 30 free throws compared to the mystics 11. Um, if, if you showed me just the free throw stats, I, I could have told you who won this game. Yeah. Uh, that, that is a huge – and that, to me, that's a team that can adapt to any other team that they play except, I think, Seattle because I think Seattle, Bree Stewart, is unguardable. Um, and so there's not much you can do there. But I, I like a team that can have a Daniel Robinson come off the bench and go for 20 points um, so that even if you're doing your best against the starting unit, there's just no let up. Um, you know, the Mystics have that capability too, but uh, I, I would take the Aces as my third best team right now and could even be convinced after tonight that maybe they should be uh, a slight step above Chicago. Okay. Dude, I <laughs> – this is, this is going to be interesting. Um, so my if – I'm, if I'm going top three, I'm going to go Seattle – I'm going to also say Las Vegas, but I'm actually going to say probably Phoenix over Chicago right now. And just probably literally the game tonight is what flipped it is, is Phoenix getting the W over Chicago. Um, I hate to like use like stats like this, but you know, like Chicago's just a couple points away from instead of being four and two being two and four. Right, like they've they've come up with some some close close victories. Now you could also make the same argument that they're two points away from being, you know, uh, that they're two points away from being five and one as well. I, that's true. So like I think they have the biggest fluctuation for me, right? And so I think that's why I would drop them just below Phoenix, who I think right now on a four game win streak, I'm not going to fault anybody for losing their first two games, in, you know, in the bubble. Like that, what a weird, what a weird thing to go in and, and experience. So I think Phoenix for me is now that they're figuring it out, they're looking good. Seattle is obvious. And I think that Las Vegas is, is also in that top tier as well. So, and that literally changed like just two hours ago. So yeah, I could be, <laughs> I could be swayed by a, a team on a four game hot streak. Now, Minnesota Lynx fans, tweet us your hate right now. Like, this is Q Minnesota hate. Like, that's that's exactly what this is right now. That's, um, uh, yeah, nothing against the Lynx. But uh, I, I do, 
this is a take I'm I'm hesitant to share because I don't want to act like I'm I'm calling out any one player, but I I almost I think she might agree uh, if if she was ever on this show. I think Brittany Griner <laughs> sleepwalked through the first two games. Uh, totally, and hundred percent. I think the bubble has a lot to do with it. I don't think she just didn't have the effort, but yeah. something was wrong, and she was not a factor in the first two games. And now she's Brittany Griner, and now suddenly they're winning. Yeah, uh, I I think. If that continues, they will be uh, the Kyle Haywood pick to win the finals in a month when we're doing our finals. <laughs> uh, it's true. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, I'm just looking back at, at the rest of these games that we've got here. We have Dallas, Chicago. Uh, oh, excuse me. Hold on. Yeah, we've got Dallas, Chicago, um, Phoenix, Atlanta, Connecticut, Seattle, uh, Minnesota, New York, and Las Vegas. Oh, we just talked Las Vegas, Washington. Um, so we've got four games. We got four other games, Logan. And rather than sitting, I know we've we've already kind of talked a lot, but of those four games, anything in particular that stood out to you that we got to bring out um, uh, before we before we call this a night? Uh, yeah, I th- I do think the Dallas Chicago score is a little concerning if you're on the Chicago's going to the finals wagon, mm-hmm. uh, because I think there's a big difference between Atlanta, you know, playing the Mercury pretty close, playing the Storm pretty close, and Dallas. I think Dallas is about a season behind where Atlanta is, uh, and so I, uh, you know, I know Seattle let Atlanta get within a point of beating them tonight. Um, and so the argument could be used there too for the team I think is the best in the league. Um, but Dallas coming three points uh, shy of beating Chicago. I know everybody comes three points shy of beating Chicago. That's why Chicago's winning all their games. But uh, that surprised me a little bit. Um, and then Atlanta, I, I almost think that Atlanta had a little bit of a primer for the Storm game tonight that they got so close to winning because of playing a hot Phoenix team just a couple days ago and actually giving them a pretty good run in that game. Uh, Phoenix had to pull away late, but that was yeah. a very – Atlanta game. was up. Atlanta yeah. was up, uh, you know, right before the fourth quarter. I think I turned it on, and, and I think I had Atlanta was up by nine with a few minutes left in the third. And I watched, yeah. you know like, – I almost, I almost feel like like losing ground late in that game – like the fact that they were able to rebound just a couple days later and stay strong all the way through the fourth against Seattle. I, I it's think impressive. worth keeping an eye on because if they're able to be coached up that quickly and make adjustments just to, you know, between, you know, they're playing games basically every other day. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a good sign. Uh, you know, Seattle beating Connecticut isn't surprising to me at all. Minnesota killed the Liberty, which that's going to happen. Um, again, like that's, I don't want to take a win away from Minnesota, but everybody's beating the Liberty. And if Sabrina's not playing, then there's not a lot of reason to tune into that one. Um, you just made I, two points. I got, I got to like, and, and if I let you go too much further, I'm going to no, forget about them. So first, Tarasi. Wow. I can't remember. I think, didn't she have like 14 of her 20 points or something like in the fourth quarter? I can't remember exactly, but she, uh, yeah, like she just took over in that game and basically was like, we're not losing. I'm just going to start scoring every like possession. And she did. She just took over. I think she had that, was, that, she number, had some, uh, that number is 16 of her 20 points. 16 of her 20. That's right. Yeah, 16 of her 20 came in the fourth quarter. 
That's insane. That's absolutely nuts. And Phoenix dropping 32 points in the fourth quarter. Like they just, they just went on fire and, and DT was a huge part of that. The other thing that you just brought up is the Liberty. Okay. We got to figure out, <laughs> I know ESPN is, you know, is trying to get the best players, you know, and, and the biggest stories being broadcast. I don't think that they planned on Sabrina getting injured so early in the season <laughs> and then having all of, you know, a ton of Liberty games to be shown on their networks. Yeah. I I feel like at this point, I don't want to just show a bunch of tune-up games, you know, and it's, if I'm New York, I don't want my games being nationally broadcast right now. You yeah. Know, I think like, let us work through some stuff. Let's get a couple players back healthy. But right now it's just, it's Kia Nurse and Amanda Zowie B and a whole bunch of not a lot after that, right? Like it's it's just a bunch of rookies trying to figure it out. It's, so until Sabrina comes back, you got to – I don't know what you're going to do. SP. I, I'm not trying to say don't show a game, but maybe bump up and show, you know, one of the other two games that are playing that uh, night. You know, you want people to watch and get excited about the WNBA. And to, to my eyes, I believe it's happening. Um, yeah. Not, not in like the massive wave that we all wanted it to after, you know, what would have been a great women's bracket and like a big draft and a normal season. Um, but it is happening. I still see, you know, dudes wearing the orange hoodies in the NBA. Like there's, there's a lot of support the W stuff, even, you know, though it's been out for, you know, there's the big push two weeks ago, basically. And I was worried that it was going to taper off as soon as the first, you know, a couple games happen. And uh, it's, it's continued to roll, but you got to have a, a good product on national TV in order to, to really get people to stay. And this Lynx game, no Sylvia Fowles, who was resting a calf uh, injury, who, but I, I don't think it was anything major. Uh, and they still won by 26. Uh, and now tomorrow, this, this, you'll probably be listening to this on Friday, August 7th. Uh, the, the games on ESPN2 on Friday are Mystics Liberty which I, I don't think will be particularly compelling unless you're a Mystics fan. Mm-hmm. Um, just looking to, to see your team cruise. But the second game is Sparks uh, Aces, which is infinitely more compelling. Um, and I kind of wish it was the earlier game so that people could watch it. Um, yeah, the Sparks Aces game is, is the one that I'm really stoked about uh, tomorrow. I'm really excited about that game. I think Indiana-Minnesota could... I think that one is should be closer than people have it because Minnesota's four and one and Indiana's like two and three. Um, I think that game should be closer than a lot of people have it, but I, I agree. I think tomorrow the, the, the game for me to watch is that Sparks and Aces game because um, the Sparks have all the, the firepower in the world, um, but the Aces have been playing pretty solid lately. Um, <laughs> Who do you even, like in this game? Even, uh, even subliminally on this show, I think we paint the Sparks as a villain. Um, even though yeah. there's not really reason to, I just love all the firepower in the world. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Who's gonna stop them? They are like they are that good though. Like on paper, they should be the best. And I think maybe I admit this several times. I don't give the Sparks enough love. But I think it's because they should be better than they are. If they are in first place, they're getting all, all the love in the world. But for the last couple of seasons, they've been, you know, quote unquote, the most 
probably the the most or second most talented team in personnel and haven't finished that way if that makes sense and so i'm i'm i felt i feel underwhelmed by los angeles which is crazy because they're always like top four and they're just a few years removed from you know winning an actual title so this sounds really terrible of me but like I just want more. I, th- I think I just have really high expectations. It's like, it was, it's what happened to Bree Stewart tonight. Nobody talked about the fact that she had 27 and eight and got a W yeah. in a close game because yeah. everybody's like, Oh, of course it's the same reason that Diana Taurasi has one MVP when arguably she was probably MVP seven times. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, that's, that's the, that's the treatment that the sparks get is because like they should be the best and just aren't. (laughs) just how it feels like, I'll tell you what it feels like. It feels like they win a championship every couple of years because they're the sparks. Yeah. Yeah. In reality, they've, they won in 2016 and then they won in 2001 and 2002. Mm. Um, Isn't maybe as frequently as, as you feel. And this season, I, I think they got a lot of hype from that kickoff game where they beat the Mercury. And then we found out the Mercury just weren't playing good basketball that first week in the bubble. Yeah. Uh, and then they immediately turned around and got creamed by Chicago, which you know makes me feel bad for them because I'm like, well, now we know Chicago is good. And then they beat the Sun, who suck. And then they lost to the Storm, who are great. Like, I constantly don't know whether to make excuses for them or to hold them to a higher standard <laughs> based on who they played most recently. No, I feel that. I feel that. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's my, there's my take. Um, so there's our, our calls for the games that you should watch tomorrow slash today. Uh, as a lot of you will be listening to this, uh, since I, I'm assuming most of you are asleep because in mountain time, it's 1140. So it's 140 Eastern time where I know a lot of you live. Um, but uh, anyway, we'll be getting this out tonight uh, real quick. By way of announcement, there are games on a Monday coming up. I'm super stoked. <laughs> we finally have a Monday game. I feel bad, though. I feel like Mondays, the players have to look forward to those. They're playing so frequently. To have to throw in a Monday game is rough. Like, every every one of these teams is going to be playing every other day for a while. Yeah. They, don't get a, they don't get a true, like, day off without basketball. Nobody playing until august 17th it's 11 days from now that's nuts so 11 straight days (laughs) 10 straight days of of three games a day like let's watch watching though i don't get the sense that players are getting burnt out yet i think maybe by that 17th date they'll they'll be begging for a day off but right now we're just excited to be playing after a lot of uncertainty true it's been a blast and i think we're gonna learn a lot this week um sparks aces is going to be a huge matchup sparks links is just a few days later um so we're you know the next time we record uh, we we finally are having a picture of this season kind of come into focus i think uh with you know more confidence in declaring who's good who's contending who's rebuilding uh and i'm really excited uh as as that continues to become less fuzzy i I think we're gonna have a lot to bring you guys absolutely well, that's, uh, that's about all we've got for today. Really quick, if you can pause this, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, pause right now. Give us a quick five-star review. Uh, we've actually had several of you doing that. That has made a huge difference. We really appreciate it. It'll boost our show 
up further on the sports podcast list. And hopefully that will help bring more and more people to, uh, to the league. We, we're trying to do our best to provide good coverage and to bring as many people as, as possible. Uh, also, if you are looking for some other podcasts, I'm just going to, I'm going to throw a few out there, uh, out there for you guys to, to check out. Um, our good friends over at Windsider, you definitely need to check out their podcast. They do a really, really solid job and not just podcasts. They have, they have a lot of coverage, um, uh, just all over the league. They've got a great Patreon as well. So check them out. Um, LaChina Robinson does a phenomenal job, uh, on the around the rim podcast. That's the ESPN. Um, that's the ESPN, uh, flagship, I guess you could say of, of, uh, of women's hoops, uh, locked on women's basketball. Uh, our friend Howard, uh, does a really solid job over there. Um, just a really, really good, uh, just a really good podcast that you, that you, if you're looking for something there, her, her hoop stats is another solid podcast. So, uh, go feel free to check out some of those, uh, download a couple episodes or, or subscribe and, and get even more of your w, WNBA content there. Um, but, uh, Logan, how about you let them know how they can best get in touch with us and kind of follow along, uh, on social media. Yeah. Uh, we're always active on Twitter, uh, credit to Kyle for, for doing so much of that because I, within two minutes of me sending out a tweet, I, I know he's the one that's retweeting it. So people will actually see it. Um, and we're, we are on Twitter at WNBA nation pod. Uh, we also have our personal Twitters that are always interacting with that account. So if you find that one, you've pretty much found all of us. Uh, we also have merch that you can get, which I, I actually wore my, my three quarter sleeve today and I felt pretty cool about it. Um, because it's one of the few shirts I have that doesn't shrink in the wash. So that's a <laughs> personal, uh, uh, obviously we're, we're plugging everything right now anyway, but just so you know, uh, pretty good shirts from our, from our shop. I'm pretty proud of it. Love it. If you're looking to support the way, uh, support the show in another way, in addition to that, again, make sure you're checking out our Patreon. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks so much for all of you listening. Hit that subscribe button. Um, uh, send us a five-star review if, if you're on Apple Podcasts. But uh, Logan, it was good to talk, just, just talk basketball with you. I know you and I have been just swamped. And you know what, dude, we got like 10 days ahead of us of just three games a day. I'm ho- I'm going to try and catch as much of it as possible. I, I will admit right now, I will not watch every minute, but I'll try to at least watch half of every single game moving forward. Even if that means I got to catch up on, on league pass. So, uh, oh, I, uh, I start my new job on Wednesday, so I will watch all the minutes up until Wednesday and then I'll have to figure out a new system. Yeah. <laughs> then we'll figure it out from there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but thanks everybody for listening. We appreciate it. Shouts to our, our other uh, members of our show, Steve and Jason doing so much. A lot of them, uh, you know, they're still watching games. Trust us. They're not on the show with us currently. Um, that's totally, it's, it, everything's good. They're, they're doing well. Uh, they're watching the, sh- they're watching the games with us. This is just, uh, basically some load management in personal lives, <laughs> if, if uh, to use a basketball term. Um, so uh, shouts to Steve and Jason. Uh, we love those guys and you'll hear from them. Uh, it, you'll hear from them down the road. Um, but uh, anyway, for WNBA Nation, my name's Kyle Haywood. I'm Logan Jones. And we got you next time. <laughs>